So, good morning. Yeah, it is nice to be here. Um, thank God for the opportunity to be able to visit with you and get to know you and make new friends, new family. And I praise God for that. I'm really thankful to be able to come over here and meet you guys. And I'm just overwhelmed with joy. What a joy to, to see all of you and to be able to share what the Lord is doing, even in Africa, and even bring the Word of God. So it's a wonderful privilege. I thank God so much. Um, I just want to get to the Word of God. My name is Reverend Benson. Uh, maybe you have heard that. And I got one wife, and we got two kids, a boy and a girl. The boy is 14. The girl is 12. And they sent me in America with greetings, even from Joy Church and Joy School. So God bless you so much. Why don't we go over to the Word of God, and we're going to be talking a lot of stuff when we go downstairs for the, for the fellowship. So please be there. You're going to have a movie, you know, about Kenya, about Joy Church ministry, school. So there's going to be a wonderful movie down there. So please try your best to be there. And watch that, and you can see what the Lord is doing in other parts of the continent. All right, can we go to the Word of God now? John chapter, it's actually chapter 14, 6 is the text that you're going to dwell on. But our reading will be starting from chapter 13, chapter 1, 3, 13. And we're going to read all the way beginning with verse 33, going all the way down to chapter 14, verse 6. So we're going to begin our reading from chapter 13, starting from verse 33, and we go all the way to chapter 14, verse 6. So if you're there, we're going to read the Word of God. Okay, the Bible says, beginning with chapter 13, starting from verse 33. The Bible says, Little children, yet a little while I am with you, you will seek me, and just as I say to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. This all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? Jesus answered him, where I am going, you cannot follow me, but you will follow afterward. Peter said to him, Lord, why, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus answered, Will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, the rooster will not crow until you have denied me three times. And we go over to chapter 14, verse 1. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. 
If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Pray that, Lord, Lord you bless the preaching of the word of God. I pray that your word will touch our hearts, encourage us, build us up, O oh God. Pray that your word is going to bring hope to our lives. Bless us, O oh Father, as we share this word. Let open our inner man that your word will be able to abide in us richly. We thank you this morning. We pray that you shine in our lives, O oh God. Let your word um, dwell in us. We thank you and we praise you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I have been so encouraged over the years because we have around 170 kids and lots of them are also from Muslim background and they are all enjoying learning God's word and just praising God and singing and memorizing the word of God as well. The really neat thing is that the teachers are members of our church and all of them are volunteers. They are not on paycheck, they volunteer. It is really a great to see kids memorize the word of the, of the living God and students gather together and studying the, the, the word of God. That is exciting and it continues to energize and refresh me just to see God's word going forth and being proclaimed in power. One of the themes that sometimes we do bring to the attention of the kids is the theme, I am. I am. In the Bible, as Jesus claims to, to, to be the I am. And in this message today, I want us to, to focus on on one of those I am statements. And that is, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. We will be looking at John 14, verse 6, in this study this morning. There are seven I am statements in the Gospel of John. And we are going to focus on this one in this study. The seven statements are, I am the bread of life, I am the light of the world, I am the good shepherd, I am the sheep gate, I am the resurrection and the life, I am the true vine, and then the one we're going to look at in this study this morning, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I love this statement and the fact that I get to share it with our school kids, bring it to the attention of the children in the school, that Jesus, the Son of God, is the only way, and it's the truth, and it's the life. I love that. John 14, 6, 
is an interesting verse because it deals with eternity, where Jesus is the way to the Father. And each of these claims Jesus makes has great impact on our everyday Christian life. Jesus is the way to the Father, but he also is the way of the Father. Jesus is the truth that leads to eternal life, and he also the truth that shapes and guides our life. Jesus is eternal life, but he is also the fullness of life. Jesus packs all of that into this one verse. Well, the context that gets us here in this particular text is that Jesus is in the upper room with the twelve. He has just washed their feet and has called Judas Iscariot as one of the, as one who is gonna betray him. So you can imagine the emotions going on right now as they are with Jesus on his last days before his death. The king of kings has just washed their feet and now he's going to make a statement that is going to bring some discomfort until he explains what it means by it. We see in John chapter 13 verse 33, Jesus telling the disciples that he's leaving. So imagine the fear that comes along with that news. This is the king whom they have committed their last three years of their lives to following him speaking to others about him and proclaiming him to others. There is a little bit of confusion and fear when they hear this news. And Peter, like he always does, says, I will follow you wherever you go. Little did he know that he wouldn't be following Jesus because Jesus was going to go to heaven to be with the Father and Peter had work to do. Jesus says to Peter, you can't follow me. You will be there one day, but right now you cannot follow me. So we, we see all this discomfort going on. And then in John chapter 14 verse 1, he comforts them. Jesus comforts them by saying, let not your hearts be troubled. He begins to tell them what he's actually going to do. He is going to go to heaven and to prepare a place for them. And not only for them, but for us also. He's going to make a place for us in heaven. In other words, that we, we're going to have a home in glory. We're going to have a home in heaven. This is not our only home. Jesus went to the Father to, to prepare a home for us, to make a home for us. So he, he encourages them. This is nice to know, brothers and sisters, that we got a home in glory, that we have a home in heaven where we're going to live forever and ever, for eternity, with our King and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Thomas is pretty consistent here. With this, with his remarks, for he is confused and doubting. Jesus has just told him where he's gonna go, but he is still wondering where that is. And he says, how do we know the way? Thomas asking, how do we know the way? 
Then we get this great statement from Jesus saying, I am the way and the truth and the life. We are going to look at these three statements in this study this morning, and we will also see how Satan attacks each of those claims. I want to start out by looking at the first two words, I am. In Greek, there are two words that are, that are used for I am. One of them is ego. Ego. Typically, if someone were to say I am, they would say ego, the way, the truth, and the life. The other word used for I am in Greek is Amy. Amy. So someone could also say Amy, the truth, and the life. Jesus puts those two words together. And this is rarely done. You don't Actually, you don't usually see those two paired up often. If you go back to Exodus, where God appears to Moses in the burning bush, and Moses asks, who do I tell the people who sent me? And God says, tell them that I am, I am sent you. In Greek, that would be, tell them, ego, imi, sent you. In John 8, 58, it says, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am, ego, imi. So when Jesus makes the statement, ego, imi, he is claiming deity, and he is literally saying, I am, I am, the way, the truth, and the life. I am, I am, the bread of life. I am, I am, the light of the world. I am, I am, the good shepherd. I am, I am, the gate. I am, I am, the resurrection and the life. And that is why religious leaders hated him for this claiming the, the sacred name of God. He was not only claiming he was God, but he was claiming he was the way to God. So let's look at this first claim. I am the way, number one point. Let's look at that. I am the way. Jesus is, is the only way to the Father, and Satan's way leads to separation from the Father. What does he mean by that? He doesn't say, I am a, I am our way, but he says, he is the way. Look at the definite article that has been used there. He says, I, I am the way. He says, he is the way. Jesus didn't merely come to point us to the way or to show us the way, but he did those things to show us he is the way. He points us to himself. He shows us himself and says, I am the way. He is the only possible way. There is no other possible way for a sinful man to stand before a holy God. Jesus our Lord and our Savior, the Son of God, is the only way. And through Adam, Adam's disobedience, sin was passed to us. And through Adam's condemnation, we are condemned. If you look in Romans chapter 5, verse 17 to 19, uh, the Bible says, beginning with verse 17, For if because of one man trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life 
through the one man, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. And verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. So, whether we like it or not, sin was passed down to us, and we have a sinful nature. Through one man's sin, we are sinful. But good news is that because sin was passed through one man, righteousness can be passed through one man. But there is only one man that can make that way for us to get to God. That man is God and would live a perfect life. He is the only man that would be willing and able to take on our sin to satisfy God's wrath. The only way he could take on our sin is if he is sinless, which he was. Our Lord Jesus Christ. And 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 says, For for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus became sin on the cross for us. When he died on that cross of Calvary, he became sin for us. He died in our place. He took away our sin. He died for us and in our place that we may be made righteousness of God. There is no other way. There is no other religion. There is no other act. There is no good work. There is no philosophy. There is no idea that can make us right before God. There is no other person or way that can allow us to stand before the Father, before Holy God, except Jesus Christ. He is the only way. Let's talk about Satan's attack on that. Satan loves to attack us. One way he attacks us is by telling us that Jesus is not the way at all. We see this in the world. The world says Jesus is not the way to the Father or to eternal life. Many times, Satan is even more wise, more subtle, when he says Jesus might be our way, but there are other ways, other religions that can get you to God the Father. Anything that Satan can tell the world to get them off the path and onto his path that leads to destruction, he is going to do. He's going to do. I remember one time, other times, we would gather kids in our school together to study the word of God, and we would take this very, very chapter, very text, John chapter 14, verse 6, and bigger kids, the older kids, would ask lots of questions. One day, one time, one older kid and his parents are not, are, are, his parents are non-believers. 
And he asked this question. He said, how do we know that Jesus is the only way? And he continues saying, you know what? My dad is not a believer, but this is how my dad explains it to us. My dad says, imagine a basketball court and God is the goal. And each religion is kind of different spots on the floor. Christianity may shoot from the right side of the floor. Muslims may shoot from the left side of the floor. Mormons may shoot from the top. But the point is that every, everyone is, is, is shooting towards the same goal and eventually everyone will get to the same place. And that is horrible. I mean, you can, you can imagine that. That is horrible. And I had, personally, I had the pleasure to say to this, to the kids at that moment, that's not true. That's not true. Jesus doesn't give us room to say that. He says, I am the way. All those other ways are Satan's ploy to get you off track, to get you away from the only way that, that is going to lead you to eternal life. And then there is this example that the older, older folks would argue when we go out to knock doors for evangelism. We, we like to go out in our neighborhood and share the gospel, knock their doors and tell them the good news about Jesus Christ. And, and the, the older folks, because they are already holding to their traditions. A lot of people in Africa believe that they can worship their ancestors. They have some, some kind of religions that they hold on to. They have some kind of things that they worship. So when we knock their doors and we share the gospel with them, this is what they, they would say. They would argue that God is like an ocean and the different beliefs are like rivers that flow into it. Some are wider than others. Some are deeper than others, some are dirty, some are clean, some have twists and turns, and some don't, but eventually they all lead to the same place. Again, Jesus says, Jesus gives us no room to believe that. Jesus is the river of life. He is the only river of life that leads to eternal life. And Satan loves to to make us feel like we are narrow-minded or closed-minded when we are bold about what we believe. His reason for making us feel this way is not to make us more bold, but what we believe, but it causes us to shrink back. But let me ask you, if 2 plus 2 equals 4, then does that mean that I am narrow-minded if I believe that? No, that's the truth. And we have the truth. And Jesus Christ is the truth. The Lord Jesus, our Savior, he is the truth and we have him. And Satan also wants us to believe that by sharing the gospel and telling others, other people who believe in other religion about Jesus, that when we, we share the gospel with them, that we are uncaring. And, and we are uncompassionate. Unco un 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 the most uncaring thing we can do is not to tell someone that they are on the road to destruction. It's not to tell someone the truth. 
The gospel will offend people. The gospel will offend people. But we ought to leave that to Christ and just share the truth. Go forth and share the word of God. We are to share the truth in love, knowing that we are sharing the very way that we lead someone to eternal life. To say or believe that there is another way is heretical. Jesus is the only way. He's the only way. My wife and I have two children, as I told you. One is 14 and the other one is 12. When she was going through labor with this, with, with our first child, she eventually went through operation, cesarean, you may call it surgery, um, to get this baby. And so, and, and so she had a very difficult time after that surgery. You know, she could not, you know, work, she could not cook, she could not do any job because of that problem, uh, of the, the surgery that she went through. And so, um, and so she had a very difficult time because of that. So two years later, when she was going through labor with our second child, it was pretty intense. And she thought that, is there a way not to go through cesarean again? Not to go through surgery? And she was thinking about that, how to escape that, how not to go through that. And finally, the doctor said to her, there is no other way. The only way to save her life and the life of the baby as soon as possible is to get into surgery. I remember with both children, the pains that she that she was in, and I thought, well, if there was another way to, to get this baby, just to, to pop this baby out of, out of her, we would have done it. We would have done it. But you know what? There was no other way. There was no other way. If there was another way for us to stand before a holy God, do you think that God would have sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins? Would Jesus have gone through the, the physical pain that he went through? The pain that we go through today cannot be compared with what our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, went through on the cross when he took our sin on that tree of Calvary. And the father turned away his face from his son. And Jesus was on that cross going through that pain, taking our sins, canceling all our debts, nailing our sin upon the tree. Jesus did that for us. He went through that pain for our sake. Yes, he did that. The father turned his face away from his son. So to say that there is another way is heretical and we should be bold about our faith. We should be bold to say that Jesus Christ is the way. He is the only possible way, viable way, and logical way. And there's no other way. And secondly, Jesus is the truth. 
And Satan is the father of lies. Jesus is the truth that leads to eternal life, and he is the truth that guides and shapes our lives. He is the true way to God and the true way of God. John chapter 1 verse 14 says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And John, John chapter 5, verse 33 says, You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. And John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32 says, So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then let's look in John chapter 18, where Jesus is having conversation with Pilate just before his death. John 18, verse 37. Then, then Pilate said to him, So you are the king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born. For this purpose I have come into the world to hear, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Jesus is the truth. He gives us the truth to eternal life. He gives us the truth that shapes and molds our life. If we are believers, we are of the truth. Satan is the father of lies. John chapter 8 verse 44 says, You, you are of your father the devil. And you will, and your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan tries to discredit every law, every word, or every act that God has done or, or said. And he has done that even from the very beginning in the past. Hasn't he? Yes, he has. He has always told a lie. He has always lied. He is a liar. He is the father of all lies. He doesn't have any truth in him. In Genesis chapter 3, Satan comes and he says to Eve, Did God really say you shouldn't eat of this fruit? So he puts doubt in her head and, and God's commandment aren't true. Did God really say that? Every time we sin, we are believing a lie. We are not believing the truth when we sin. Satan says, did God really say this won't satisfy you in that moment? Believe me, it will. Believe me, it will. You don't have to jump full into it, but just take a little nibble, just take a little bite, and it is going to satisfy you. Satan deceives us. His deception, he, he deceives us. Satan is so good at that deception. Deceiving us all the time. Satan does that with so many things in our culture. Look, 
at our culture today, homosexuality. I mean, this is one way that he twists the truth of God, changing the truth of God. He loves to attack even our marriages as believers. He wants us to think our marriage is about us, where we can do whatever we want to do. But God says, no, 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 no. Your marriage is about me. It's not about you. God says that your marriage also is about me. Just as Jesus served us humbly, we are to serve our spouse. Jesus loved us sacrificially, and we are to love our spouses sacrificially. When we do that in our marriages, they become a salmon to the world. But Jesus wants our marriages to become a salmon for him. So Satan is always attacking our marriages with that. Satan tries to make us think that my wife isn't servable or lovable. And always have to remember, we have to remember that the gospel, what the gospel says, that is not how we are to act. If we do it the, the, the Lord's way, if we do it in a way that honors God, the byproduct of doing it in that way, in God's way, is true happiness and being truly blessed, and we find joy in it. Satan will tell us so many things in this world. He will deceive us with so many things in this world. In this world. And the third claim that Jesus made is that he is the life. Jesus said, I am the life. The last one, this is the last point. I'm the life. He is eternal life and fullness of life. Satan is eternal death and destruction and lies. Only in Jesus is found eternal life. Only in Jesus do we find fullness of life. We live when we are in Christ. Philippians, Apostle Paul says, Philippians chapter 1, verse 21, Paul the Apostle says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Even when we die, we live in Christ, because we have eternity. Satan will tell us so many things of his idea and deception in this world. He will give us so many things in this life that are full of lies. Satan takes the way of God and the truth of God and says, my way, my truth will actually give you life. Jesus is saying, my way, my truth brings you life. Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. I see this all the time with the young people where they are constantly taking a bite out of this world thinking it will satisfy them and bring them happiness and joy. Yet it doesn't. It does not. We had a speaker recently who gave us a great example. And he said, I mean, that example really challenged my heart. And I want to share it with you. He, he brought a, out a big bowl of fruits, fake fruits. And it looked good with apples, 
bananas and pears. And he sat down at, at the table and said, this is what we do even as Christians. We sit down to the fake fruit of the world. It looks good. And we take a bite. Yet the bite tastes horrible. As Christians, even when we bite into sin, it usually tastes horrible. But a lot of time, we keep eating it. We keep biting it thinking that the next bite is gonna gonna be better the next bite is gonna be better the next bite is gonna be better and eventually if you continue to eat it it's gonna kill you then he went over to this bowl of real fruit that was just as beautiful as just as enticing and he takes a bite of this apple you could just hear the bite echo through the room and the crispness of this apple. Then he said, this is true fruit. This truly brings life. When I bite into this apple, not only does it taste good, but it is nourishing my soul. Jesus is life. If we eat of him, not only does it tastes good, but it nourishes our soul. He gives us life. The more we eat of the real stuff, real fruit, the more we remember that the bad fruit is really bad. The less we crave the bad fruit, and the more we will crave the good stuff, the good fruit. Jesus, he is the good fruit. He is the real stuff. I got a question for you this morning. What are we eating from? What are we seeking to give us life? Are we seeking the things of this world that leads to destruction and actually don't even taste that good, leaves us with guilt and despair? Or do we put our eyes on the real fruit, Jesus, the real fruit of life, the one and the only one that can nourish your soul, that can nourish my soul? In, in closing, we should know that we should know that without the way, there is no going. Without the truth, there is no knowing. And without the life, there is no living. Brothers and sisters in Christ, we should know that if we remain in Christ Jesus our Lord, we shall know the truth, and the truth shall make us free, and we shall lay hold of eternal life. So for the non-believer, the only way to God is through Jesus Christ. And for us believers to live in confidence that he is the way, the truth, and the life, to share that with the lost world, to take the gospel to the lost world is the best thing they can hear 
It is the most caring thing that we can tell them. And we are to boast in the gospel with confidence. We are to remember that Satan is attacking us in those areas and that only Jesus brings fullness of life. Life in abundance. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help us, Father, to follow you all the days of our lives. And we rejoice that you went to make a place for us in glory. And we shall forevermore live with you, live with you in heaven. Bless this church, bless the minister, bless the pastor, bless the deacons, bless the elders, bless the children, bless the moms, bless the dads. Bless this congregation in a mighty way, O God. Use them for your own glory and for your honor to share the gospel around the world, to touch lives with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We thank you and we praise your name. Thank you for your word and let your word abide in us richly. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, thank you and God bless you. Amen.